Listening to episode 65 of the Mad Chatters podcast, December 23rd, 2015. Most everyone's mad here. Welcome back to a very special holiday festive episode of the Mad Chatters podcast. Your very important date with the happenings at Walt Disney World and around the Disney universe. My name is Derek, and I'm joined as always by my fellow chatters, Matthew. Hey, howdy, hey. And Jeremy. Hockey sticks. First of all, I do want to say that those lovely voices you heard at the top of the show were the Voices of Liberty singing It's the Most Wonderful Time of the Year, which indeed it is. I think we can all agree. At least I can agree. Uh, I don't want to speak for my friends here, but... uh, I'm more of an Easter guy. Oh, okay. Well, that's fair. (laughs) I don't believe that for a second. We've already told the story of the the nativity being set up in October. That is true. I do love Christmas. Yeah, well, it is that time of year. Lots of festivity in the air, especially at the parks, which we'll talk about in a minute. But first of all, I think we should address a few things we talked about on last week's show, and that is Star Wars. We made lots of bold predictions about the records it was going to set. Jeremy seemed pretty convinced that it was going to break all the records, just all of them. And he was kind of right. It, it did, indeed, break a lot of records this weekend. So I just want to run through a few of these, and you guys can tell me if any of these surprise you or if they don't surprise you in the least. So it had the biggest opening weekend in America with 238 million. That beats Jurassic Worlds by 20 million in just one weekend. Oh my. It had the biggest global opening weekend with 529 million. They actually came out on Monday and said 
that it had the second biggest opening behind Jurassic World. And then by the end of the day, they said, no, now that we've, we have all the numbers, it did indeed beat it. Um, it had the best Thursday preview. It had the fr- it was the first film to gross over a hundred million dollars in one day. Um, and then just this They're week, great. I know, just this week on Monday, they said it made the it made the most money any movie has ever made on a Monday. It beat Spider Man Two, which had twenty seven point seven million dollars on Monday, and it made forty million dollars. So that's thirteen million dollars more than the record holder in one day. Wow. Classic well, Spider-Man 2. <laughs> I saw it. I think the only one, the only film that can beat this record is Episode 8 when it comes out. So I don't think so. I think this one had more hype around it. Yeah, you're probably right. Because the, yeah, you're probably right. I personally don't think we'll see numbers like this for a few years. I could be naive. Uh, well, they also announced today that, um, or at least it came out, that James Cameron is very deep in pre-production of Avatar 2, and they hope to have it out by Christmas next year. So No, um, Christmas in two years. Two years. I keep thinking it's already 2016 <laughs> for some reason. So Slow down, slow down. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so you never know. Maybe Avatar 2 will, will be a big boom. Maybe so, yeah. But for now, Star Wars is the one to be, and it's only been less than a week. So, And I know I'm already planning on seeing it again. Yeah. Matt, did you see it? Oh, yes. Yeah, did you enjoy it? Oh, yes, I did. I, I, I got emotional several times. Oh, which me I was too. Not ex- which I was not expecting, but it happened. I went with a group, too, so uh, a lot, there was some uh, girls in the group, and so I, I'm, a, I'm not a real sympathy crier, but in this instance, I was. You just couldn't help it. All the emotions were just yeah. there in full force. And it was opening night, and obviously there were a lot of... Uh, well, I guess I'd be incorporated in that. There were a lot of uh, enthusiasts uh-huh. there. Let's say it that way. Yeah. And so there was a lot of clapping uh, <laughs> at, during the film, <laughs> which is always like a little disturbing. But at the same time, like, yeah, this is nice. They're clapping. Yeah, I liked it too. <laughs> I liked seeing it with a big crowd. I I kind of joked, but kind of not joked that I cried. I felt like I was crying from the minute started all the way to the end. Yeah. Like at one point I turned to my friend and I was like, I can't stop crying, seriously. <laughs> Every time they played one of those dang songs from the first trilogy, mm-hmm. those yeah. themes, I just, I couldn't help it. Yep, but, yep, yep. Uh, I think the second time I'll, I, I don't think I'll cry. I think it'll just be an enjoyable experience, hopefully. I mean, I'm going to, I'm going to do say this and it might be a mild spoiler. So if you don't want to hear this fast forward about 30 seconds. Okay, but when Han Solo and Princess Leia reunited, I did get a little touched at that moment. <laughs> it was just so beautiful mm. to me and so wonderful. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, and then all the aftermath of that also touched me quite a bit. So yeah. mm. That's a good word, beautiful. There were lots of mm-hmm. beautiful moments, yeah. callbacks and things like that. But Yeah, and I felt like um, there, there was a good amount, I, I don't know you know how to say it, that kind of quirky... Um, very clearly, like uh, nods to the to the original trilogy. Oh yeah, just a lot of those kind of offhand, tongue in cheek remarks that you know could have been overdone and been silly. But I think the perfect amount was used to to make people feel that little tinge of nostalgia at the same time. Yeah, nostalgia was definitely a huge part of the film. I think of what mm-hmm. made it good. Yeah. Yes. All right, enough Star Wars. Let's go ahead and kick off this week's show with this week's Very Merry Chatmas Moment. 
Mickey Mouse, everybody. And I just wanted to say, Happy Holidays! <laughs> so this week, as we think about Christmas, you know, a lot of people think of presents. I think of presents. And so on this week's show, we're going to talk about a few things on our Disney wish list. Things we want from the Walt Disney Company, either this year or in the coming years. Do any of you guys want to start? I'll kick it off. Okay. Mine is a little odd. But if I could ask for something from Walt Disney World, it would be that they somehow become less popular without <laughs> without losing uh, the quality and the excellence. Mm. I don't know. Since I've been down here living, well, I'm, right now I'm in Tennessee, but living in Florida, it you know, and, and going a little more often, it is, I guess it's just more noticeable, the crowd levels. And um, I don't know. It's a, it's a very selfish Christmas present, but hey. That's what Christmas is all about, right? Being selfish and asking for, for what you want. <laughs> exactly. So, no, I uh, totally get it because when I live down in Florida as well, you like you get spoiled because you have like that one week where there's like nobody there, and it's so wonderful. And then you go back the next week and it's so full, and you're like, I walked on this last week, and now it's 45 minutes. Where did you people yeah. come from? What's well, wrong? it just seems like, and this is, I mean, this is business. You know, it seems like at, at every turn there. They're doing things in different parts of the season to make people come. So, you know, food and wine and Halloween party and the Christmas party and then flower and garden. And then, of course, just summer being summer. Uh, nowadays, it just seems like there really isn't an off season. Mm -hmm. I mean, Jessica and I went last Monday and it felt like a day in, in summer. I mean, it was nicer weather, but um, I mean, just wall to wall people at the Magic Kingdom. So... Yeah, that seems to be the case on both coasts, too. I've heard lots of things about just it, be, it being peak season all the time. That's what it feels like. Hmm. Now, I mean, I'm sure there's like nightmare times like Fourth of July and Christmas, which I avoid. But just in general, you know, you think you're going to go on a Monday at the you know earlier part of December. It's going to be a little lower, but I think they're doing a good job filling those gaps. Hmm. Disney, thin out the crowd a little bit. Okay, I'll go. I didn't know we were doing just one, so I'll narrow down my list. I think what I want from the Walt Disney Company is a new nighttime parade in Magic Kingdom. And I don't even care if they bring back spectra Spectral Magic. That would be wonderful. But I would love to see something new there, especially with all the hype surrounding Paint the Night that debuted this summer at Disneyland, I feel like Walt Disney World is just begging for something now. Well, Spectro is not coming back. They have already chopped it up and sold it as pens, so it cannot come back anymore. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's okay. Bring something new then. <laughs> just bring back the soundtrack and I'll be happy. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I don't even care what the parade looks like. You can have a that guy that you saw with the wheelchair and the, <laughs> the Christmas lights. As long <laughs> as they play the Spectro music. Yeah. Yeah, oh, I forgot about that guy. Okay, careless. Put one of those creepy little, creepy little ball riding. Uh, yeah, yeah. From clown the, faces on him, and I'll be happy. That'll be from good. The first float. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, that's what I would love to see. It's it's time. In 2016, I would like from the Disney Company a massive overhaul to Epcot Future World. Mm. That's high mm. on my list. Even though I know it's probably not going to happen in 2016. In fact, I know it's not going to actually happen. But an announcement 
would be nice. Just uh, that that after Avatar's open and the construction's going to begin in Hollywood Studios, and then simultaneously we're going to start overhauling Epcot's Future World. That would be that would make me very happy. Well, who knows? Maybe in 2016 we will get all of those things, and it will be the merriest Christmas of all. I don't think we will because we've all been very naughty this year. Bah humbug. Mm-hmm. If you just believe it, it'll happen. That's mm. not a quote from anything. <laughs> but okay, Joel like a, Osteen. That's in the Bible, I think. It's in oh, the, yeah. That's right. I think that's so. Right. I think it is. Dear Walt Disney World, thank you for pairing some of your most boring attractions with the most comfortable seats imaginable. Attractions like Hall of Presidents and Impressions to France would be harder to swallow if I weren't sitting in a comfortable 70-degree room on cushions sent from heaven. Thank you, meet and greet Pluto. Your lack of genitalia is a constant reminder that we should all help control the pet population by having our pets spayed or neutered. Dear Tortuga Tavern, Thanks for changing things up a bit. When fans asked for variety and quick service option, you listened. What a unique creative option you have offered us in Texas-style pit barbecue in Caribbean Plaza. Adventureland truly is a global marketplace. Love, Matt. Dear cast member playing Cinderella, thank you for going method and completely selling out to your role. You make me feel like royalty whenever I'm in your presence. And to answer your questions, my kingdom is called Tennessee, and no, I don't have a princess waiting there. Love, Derek. Thank you, fountains in the new Magic Kingdom hub expansion. That's it. I just really like them, and I wanted to say thank you to them. Oh. Dear Coco at Ohana, (laughs) thank you for challenging us in our gender issues and stereotypes. Your vocal inflections and piles of makeup keep us wondering. And after all, shouldn't we all be wondering? It is the 21st century, after all. Love, Matt. Dear Ohana, thank you for serving your delicious bread pudding with the Bananas Foster caramel sauce on the side so I can pour it on myself. That sensation I get when I'm able to watch the delectable, angelic sauce slowly overtake the dessert is, I imagine, what's listed as the definition for food porn. Thank you.
another one of our favorite segments here on the Mad Chatters, and that is a Mad Q party. And this is where we come up with fun hypothetical questions, and we go around the table and just give our fun hypothetical answers. And uh, so without further ado, I say we get this party started. So Derek, why don't you lead us off? All right. Number one, the first question tonight is, if you could build a new deluxe resort, on Walt Disney World property, what would be its theme and name? Matthew. For my pick for a new deluxe resort, I want to borrow the name of another Walt Disney World location, and that is the Sunshine Seasons. Uh, currently, that's the name of the food court, the Land Pavilion. And the reason I'm going to borrow this is because I was wanting to do a resort that paid tribute to Florida. Except, well, I guess you have the Grand California. <laughs> Grand, Grand Florida. <laughs> now that I now that I say that out loud, I was like, well, that's stupid. But that's just one, <laughs> you know, big aspect of Florida. That's uppity Florida. And what brought me to think about this was uh, Disney Springs, you know, and they're going to be doing all these different um, areas that are themed to different parts of Florida and paying tribute to Florida in that way. And I thought, well, what if we build a resort where Saratoga Springs currently is? And kind of line that up with Disney Springs. And maybe they could have different areas of the resort, um, such as like the uh, coastal Florida, you know, with lots of wood and <laughs> swings and beaches and palm trees. And then maybe, uh, I don't even know what you call this kind of Florida, except where I live in Florida, Avon Park, kind of central groves, you know, orange groves and wood shacks and kind of an old-timey kind of feel to it with tin roofs and Coca-Cola signs and things like that. I think that would be a cool little resort. And lots of walkways on the water and water things out there across from Disney Springs. Hmm. I think that would be a nice little tribute to Florida. Sunshine Seasons Resort and Spa. Okay. you got to have your South Beach area with, like, the bright yeah. pinks and purple buildings. and The yeah. Art Deco, yes. Yes. We like yeah. to forget that part of Florida. Aww. Haters going to hate. Yeah. <laughs> Jeremy, what about you? I uh, am going to build the Grand Peruvian Resort. And uh-huh. it's going to be kind of the architecture is going to be based off of Machu Picchu in Peru. Because I feel like South America as a whole doesn't get a lot of love in Walt Disney World. But there's a lot of good culture down there. And so I think like you could really do a good job of theming the different uh, areas of the resort to... You know, some llamas and mountain and mountainous kind of feel. Um, add a nice uh, table service restaurant in there with that serves South American or Peruvian. Mm-hmm. Even you just focus on Peru. There was a really good Peruvian restaurant I went to when I lived in Miami. And uh, they have some unique dishes that could be fun to serve there. So I think it'd be nice. Okay. Like there was a dish I had. It's like a potato that has like cheese on top of it, but it's like not hot like dog. a no, no, no hot dogs. But there's it's not like it's like a cold cheese kind of a feel, and then it's like a spice. They they put some some spices on it, so it's like got a little kick to it. It was really good. I really liked it. And then they have like a blue corn drink, like it's made from blue corn or purple corn or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's just some like unique cultural dishes that yeah. I think would go over really well there. It sounds like we just need a Peru pavilion. Yeah. Maybe, but the Grand yeah. Peruvian Hotel and Resort or Resort and Spa will be nice. Okay, draw me up some sketches, and then I'll I can decide. 
I mean, I'm not Joe Rody, but okay. <laughs> we'll get him on the phone. He'll help us out. Uh, yeah. Okay, so my idea is to build the Hollywood Grand Hotel. And it's going to be very reminiscent of, like, 1950s Hollywood. And if you've ever seen Sunset Boulevard, the film, for some reason, the house she lives in kept coming to mind, mm. where it's, like, lots of tile floors, because it's kind of a hot climate, you know? So, like, tile floors, big, cool, open rooms. Like, the lobby would be like that, with a grand staircase that goes up the side. Like, stucco roofs, um, yes. palm trees all around. Things like that. I, I, you may have to Google it to kind of know what I'm talking about. But just that early Hollywood, rich houses, but like a hotel all the way around. Yes. Mm-hmm. Now, will Norma Desmond be making meet and greet appearances? Because that <laughs> yes. would be amazing. That I'm would ready be, for my close-up. Mr. Oh, my gosh. If like every hour she just descends from the <laughs> stairs, you know. Oh. Every hour? <laughs> yeah. This again, this lady. <laughs> no, and then it's like, like she's just goes, an old crazy bat lady that lives in the place. <laughs> like she descends the stairs and then she goes and meet and greets at the tables. Like that would, oh, I'm there. I'm there, Derek, right okay, now. Okay, well, you've kind of ruined my idea, but I guess we can collaborate on it. Um, oh, this is a resort, not a restaurant, right? <laughs> right, right, a resort. Mm-hmm. And uh, obviously, there's going to be, it's going to be close enough to Hollywood Studios that you can take the boat there because it's going to have a tie in kind of built into it whether you like it or not so anyway all right those are our deluxe resorts what's next matt thanks you thanks for closing out number one for us (laughs) you're welcome (laughs) (laughs) that's what i'm here for signing (laughs) off on number one number two number two today our question is what film that bombed do you wish was represented at walt disney world in some capacity. Jeremy. Okay, this film, I actually kind of enjoyed the film. I think I've mentioned this on the podcast before. It was about 30 minutes too long, and why it got so much hate, I don't know, because it's it's not a good film, but it's not a terrible film, and that is The Lone Ranger. Hey, and, this is mine. Oh, you said this too? Okay. I'll just tag, I'll just tag along with you when you're okay. done. Okay, because I just feel like The Lone Ranger, again, that classic American character, he could have been easily assimilated somewhere in uh, Frontierland, and it would have been very nicely done. Um, and so it just makes me sad that like this whole idea of the Lone Ranger now is tainted forever. Like Nothing will ever yeah. be able to be Lone Ranger because everybody just harkened back to all oh, that film. And I feel like people just hated the film because that was the cool thing to do at the time. Was to hate it was. Them. That's exactly what happened with that. But Because, uh, again, it's not a terrible movie. Like... Worst movies have been popular mm-hmm. than Lone Ranger was. I still haven't seen it. I yeah. do remember uh, last year, randomly at Disneyland, they started selling drinks sold in a boot that said the Lone Ranger on it. Mm. And it was it was actually quite a while after the movie came out, and everybody was like, okay, <laughs> all right, <laughs> I'll have a Lone Ranger boot, I guess. That's interesting. Yeah, but even, like, remove the film. Okay, let's say you hate the film. Just remove the film. You can't deny that the character himself is not iconic, at mm. least in the minds of American culture. So you could do something Lone Rangerous, but they never will because it has this asterisk attached to it. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, when I saw it, I was actually pretty excited. Of course, by the time I saw it, it was already getting the negative reviews. And um, so I was expecting something different, but I enjoyed the film and the music and the characters and the. I thought it was it was great, and it would have been a great 
jumping off platform something in Frontierland. I don't know what. Yeah. I don't. I don't mean like an overlay of Big Thunder Mountain Railroad or anything, but just no something, know, something. original. Yeah. Okay, define bombed. I think I just went with a movie that's not really represented. Well, I think bomb just means like it underperformed at the box office. Like, well, how much money didn't Lone Ranger make? I mean, it made a decent amount of money, right? It just had terrible reviews. Well, so, I think compared to its budget, it didn't do well at all. Uh, okay. Yeah. I'll well, there look you that go. up right now. Hold on. I would say any any of them. Okay, I'm, I'm okay. Mine's a terrible answer because it did, it wasn't even released in theaters, so it cannot, by definition, have bombed. Uh-huh. But I'm gonna go with it, and that's a goofy movie. <laughs> Matt's favorite Disney film ever released. Oh my. I just feel like Powerline needs to be somewhere in a Disney park. <laughs> you know Even what it could be represented as? It could be a family counseling center at the Magic Kingdom for All right. broken families. <laughs> All right. No, it, like, why do we have We Love Disney when we could have a Powerline concert? If exactly. Exactly. If they put Powerline live in the former Sounds Dangerous theater, I would be in there every time I visited Hollywood Studios. Put him on that dang Tomorrowland stage that gets erected all the time. Put him up there and do a Powerline Uh concert in Tomorrowland and stand out above the crowd. I to I. Just for the record, uh, the budget for Lone Ranger was $225 million and it made $260 at the box office. Globally, though? Uh, this is just according to Wikipedia, so I don't know. It had to have been. There's no way it made 260 million just in yeah. the U.S. Yeah, 260 worldwide. Yeah. I'm guessing it made less than 100 million domestically. Yeah, I wonder which bombed more, that or John Carter, because they both did pretty poorly, if I can remember. Yeah, and Prince of Persia. Disney really oh, put yeah. a lot of. They jumped on that Pirates of the Caribbean trend there, and really invested yeah, a right. lot of money in what they would hope would be franchises. Yeah. yeah. Prince of Persia, I didn't think about that one. That would have been a good answer, because I enjoyed that film. Yeah, I actually kind of wanted to see it when it came out, and then I just, it just, it's just one of those ones that kind of faded away. And that'd be, you know, a unique theme. Mm-hmm. Middle Eastern stuff. <laughs> yes. Played by a white guy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is typical. <sighs> that is number two. Oh, Okay. <laughs> Sorry. Um, Jerk. It helps, doesn't it? It does, yeah. Got Jeremy's attention. Number three. If you could open a new restaurant in Walt Disney World themed to a Disney attraction, what would you do? I guess this is jumping off the Skipper Canteen that recently opened in Adventureland themed to Jungle Cruise Skippers. So how would you expand the universe of a Disney attraction by offering a dining experience to go along with it? You know, we didn't really talk about Skipper Canteen. Did what do you think of all the pictures and menus and stuff, Matt? Because I know you're a big, you're well, a big fan. I, I like the way. Well, it's one of those things where I looked at the pictures. I was like, hmm, maybe I need to see it in person. But when you ask, first of all, it was open the day we went last Monday, but it was like a two-hour wait mm-hmm. for lunch. And then I asked if I could just go in for pictures, and they said no. Yeah. So. Uh... I was shot down. Yeah, I really like the look of it. They have the one booth that the whole wall behind it is just like butterflies. Yes, and, that's and, my favorite yeah. booth. Yeah, in glass cases. Like, it really does look like it's someone who's been on a safari, on a jungle cruise, and has come back with all of these relics and artifacts yep. and things like that. Um, and I've heard that the interactions with the skippers is a lot of fun as well. That adventure, the explorers themed room. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
would probably be pretty cool. It looks very small, but it looks it, uh, the pictures make it look cool. And the menu, I like the the menu. My wife wasn't crazy about looking at it, and she's an adventurous person, but I don't know. We'll try it out sometime. Yeah, I, I would recommend trying it. It looks it's, it's a table service restaurant for those who don't know, and, and I'm sure they'll be taking reservations soon. So, mm-hmm. anyway, opening a new restaurant theme to an attraction. I am gonna go with the Great Movie Ride. And I think you could do like a different room for each genre with like the kitchen in the middle. So that way the workers never have to like pass through a room that's not their genre, you know? And so like if you're in the comedy room, then it's going to be really zany, you know, zany furniture. And the the servers are going to be, this kind of pains me to say because it's going to be horrible, but like quote-unquote comedians you know and just like oh, be, yes. be goofy with you and then you can have like the the gangster mob mob movie room and all the guys can be like you know in tuxedos like hey what you want and stuff like that you know <laughs> <laughs> i don't know i just think they could have some fun with it and then you you don't know what room you're going to be seated in until you get there now will there be a romance comedy room i mean a, a, like a romantic film because we're like at the end of your meal, like maybe there's two, like there's a waiter and a waitress and they're like on the rocks. But by the end of your oh, meal, they're together. That's good. And like rose petals on the floor. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. There probably won't be a horror room just because kids would not like that. And I do. It is a family friendly park. But yeah, the great movie restaurant. Ah, uh, <laughs> I was thinking for the romantic comedy film, like, well, this would be like a late. You can have like a late night romantic comedy film Ooh. where your waiter... Your waiter at first is a really immature, uh, let's say, uh, sexually ramped up individual who by the end is calm and tenderhearted and looking for love. Mm. Mm. You could also do the waitress who's wearing glasses and had her hair up in a ponytail and you call her ugly. And then by the end, her hair is down, the glasses are off, and she's a totally different person. Yeah. Uh, mm, And then like at some point during the meal, you have to have a Harry when Harry met Sally moment. So that way yeah. you can uh, you can say I'll have what she's having. Yeah. Oh. Uh, okay. Guys, we're on to something. This is cool. <laughs> this is good. So. Shh, don't tell anyone. <laughs> I was thinking about if we did the the latest thing and and we could do like the epic. What would that room be called? The epic two part conclusion film room oh. where. You, you are three where you have to come back for every different course. You have to make separate <laughs> reservations for the different courses. Yeah, the f- we could call it the four-part trilogy room because that's yeah. basically what it is. There you go. There you go. Uh, don't even dessert, get me started. Which your dessert, which should actually be one dish, is actually split into two, though. So. Oh, that's right. That's right. And it, but, but both cost the same. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like a regular <laughs> dessert would cost. It's like ice cream, and then you come back for the chocolate syrup. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> Mine, uh, I thought long and hard about, and I actually had to change my first answer about the deluxe resort because it was going to be this. But when I got to this question, I was like, oh, I need to do it for that. Mine is going to be called the Hollywood Tower Veranda Grill. And I'm thinking of a uh, two-point signature restaurant and obviously themed to late 1920s, 1930s Hollywood. So, And maybe even on the grounds of the Tower of Terror. You know, if they could yeah. build out front somewhere or in the back somewhere. Or that big, huge balcony that you walk on for the queue. You know, reroute the queue or something and put part of it out there. I don't know. 
Um, but I'm thinking a, a nicer place that you, you know, get a little, not dressed up, but, you know, the signature dress code kind of thing to go to. And obviously everyone's in character, and it feels like a really ritzy, schmaltzy kind of 1920s restaurant where yeah. people take you, they check your, well, not that you're wearing coats, but uh, if you were wearing a coat, there would be a coat check person. <laughs> And, you know, lots of chandeliers. But see, but then I'm like, well, how would this fit into the dusty, abandoned Hollywood Tower? Maybe it's like you went back in time and there was something spooky about it. I don't know. It could something- be on the second floor and you take an elevator and there's like a pre-show that's like you're going back in time to. Uh, there you go. We just solved it. Bingo. <laughs> we yeah. should work for Imagineering. Hollywood Tower Veranda Grill. And um, I don't know, you know, standard American cuisine but nice you know hmm. think of your think of your menu at the hollywood brown derby or narcoosies or something like that i'm on board well i hate live speaking. music how about like a live Ooh. Big band yes there you go oh gosh it reminds me of like those clubs that really were popular like in yeah. uh, temple of doom and stuff like yeah. that you know I hate you because that was my answer totally is I oh, wanted a 1920s Hollywood Tower Hotel big band like what you see on the Golden Girls I wondered why on... you just rolled your eyes when I said <laughs> <laughs> and like I Love Lucy like that kind of feel where yeah. you know you go and it's live music and it's fun but since you mentioned that I'll think of something else now and that is I'm going to theme a, a restaurant to the Rock and Roller Coaster with Aerosmith and there's no menu. It's just like cocaine and hookers, and um, <laughs> it's that's in an all alley. It's, it's in the it's in an alley. alley. You you have to get a. Was in charge of a Disney theme park. We'd have a very dark experience, <laughs> but memorable and fun. Yes. <laughs> so if you're not memorable, only much you remember about it. You'd take a lot home with you, probably more than what you want, like hepatitis. But um, right. yeah, <laughs> there you uh, go. No, but the big band idea for the Hollywood Tower Hotel, because when I lived in Miami, that was my thought. I was like, there's all these clubs in Miami Beach, but what if there was like an old time like swing band club? And maybe there was, but if not, I should have opened it because I think that would be so much fun. They could like pump like haze in there so you would have the cigarette smoke cloud without the cigarette smoke. (laughs) I mean, it really is perfect. Maybe not. For that attraction specifically, but for the whole Sunset Boulevard theming, that's just perfect. Yes. Maybe it could just be a dinner show instead yeah. of like a, just a restaurant, just a dinner show. Yeah. But a place too where you like you could dance like to the big band yeah. if you want to mm-hmm. and enjoy yourself. I like it. Hey, we all picked attractions in uh, Hollywood Studios. Yeah, and then yeah. you or could also something. you yeah. could talk like you know you could talk like this like hey you know how you doing there sweet hey I there was a thing on that. And I can't remember what it was on. It was probably on NPR. I listen to NPR every once in a while. And it was um, about that accent that they used in the 20s and 30s. And the Mid-Atlantic the a- 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 yeah. Trans- Actually, a guy- Trans- Transatlantic? Or Trans- Mid-Atlantic? A guy at work yeah. and I were talking about it this week. It's so funny. Hmm. Yeah. Okay, number four. If you could create a hard ticket event at Walt Disney World with a Christmas theme. We did this for our Thanksgiving one. But if you could do one with the Christmas theme... What would you do, Matt? Well, I don't know about Christmas. Uh, well, maybe in Africa. But um, I think Animal Kingdom needs something. Because, you know, Hollywood mm-hmm. Studios, at least until this point, had the lights, uh, spectacle of dancing lights. Epcot has a candlelight thing. Holidays around the world. Magic Kingdom, obviously, very Merry Christmas party. 
Animal Kingdom needs a little something, as it did for Halloween. And I'm just going to, I don't know, Holiday Safari. I don't know, something like that. <laughs> We're already getting a nighttime safari, you know, once the, the Animal Kingdom, the new show opens, the Rivers of Light, and it's open later, and there's going to be a new nighttime safari. But let's throw that in here. But some extra entertainment and um, themed shows or attractions in Asia and Africa, and maybe you know even some kind of goofy junk going on over in Chester and Hester's Dinorama. Um, if it's not destroyed, they could have some kind of goofy Christmas overlay going on. So whatever Christmas traditions are in Africa, you know, have some of that going on over in Africa. Maybe some booths where you can sample food. Oh, in the Harambe Market, just have food there. Uh, like Har- uh, African traditional Christmas food for something. And then in Asia, I don't know, the New Year? Is that not the big Christmas deal in Asia? I know nothing about African or Asian Christmas traditions. I think it's the Lunar New Year. It's a big deal in like China and Japan, Asian cultures. And it's around Christmas time. It's not Christmas itself, but the big Lunar New Year celebration could be over there. Or whatever it is in India. You know, that part of Asia is more or less what's represented at Animal Kingdom. I think that'd be interesting for people who like different kinds of food and uh, just a different kind of experience at Animal Kingdom. I feel like they'd probably have to explain it because it would just feel like any African food to me. And they'd be like, no, this is what we eat at Christmas. Oh, oh yeah, well, it certainly be like that. Maybe. I don't know. I mean, I don't this probably nobody would probably go to this thing. So <laughs> <laughs> I was just trying to think of something different than what is already offered. You know, the kind of goofy whimsical Christmas kind of thing. Something yeah. a little substantial for the foodies and culture lovers. Well, once again, we'll get Joe Rody on the phone. He can help us out. Yeah, mm-hmm. Look us up. Uh, my answer is going to take place in Epcot and it is going to be a Victorian Christmas celebration. And I think I'm going to do it next to um, <laughs> the UK pavilion there in that like theater or whatever's there that's kind of closed off to the public except for special events. But... So everybody's going to be dressed in Victorian garb, and um, you're going to eat Victorian-style food like roast duck and those kind of things. Uh, so it'll be like a sit-down meal. And then the Voices of Liberty, of course, will be there in their Victorian garb. And the Disney characters like Mickey and you know Fab Five characters will meet in their Mickey's um, Christmas Carol garb as well. So, will there be cast members dressed as the poor for you to look down on? <laughs> Always. Um, (laughs) But Father Christmas will be there to bless us with his presence and bring Christmas cheer to all the boys and girls. I just love that Victorian feel, you know, with like the top hats and the jackets and the, you know, like, like what you see in almost like the time machine. If you've ever seen that movie, how they go to the the ice skating rink and it's wintertime and or even like Muppet Christmas Carol or, or normal Christmas Carol, I guess you could say. Um, <laughs> no, Muppet Christmas Carol. <laughs> so I just want a Victorian Christmas one day. That's, that's, that's my dream. If I'm ever rich, I'm going to hire people to make me feel like I'm in the 1800s to enjoy Christmas. Mm. Okay, mm. clearly, y'all, uh, we have been recording this podcast together for too long because all of our answers are overlapping Mine is almost identical to that. I think you could do a special Christmas concert in American Adventure with the Voices of Liberty doing like, you know, five or six songs. And then everyone goes down to the lobby and you have some hot cocoa and desserts, but you can also meet the singers plus other 
Disney characters in their Christmas outfits, like the Fab Five, like you said, but also Scrooge McDuck and the Ghost of Christmas Present from the Muppets. Because it would it'd be kind of hard to meet the Muppets since they are like puppets on hands, you know. But the the Ghost of Christmas what? Present, <laughs> I know. He's like this big old guy that I assume is a person in a costume. Um, Jack Skellington can be there. Lumpy from the Star Wars Christmas special. <laughs> anyway, but it's like, so it's it's closed off because it all takes place in the American Adventure. You have to pay extra. But nice little Christmas thing going on mm. there. Anyway, number five. Number five. If you could add a specialized refreshment cart anywhere in Walt Disney World, where would you put it and what would you sell? Okay, my answer is really stupid. I'm just going to throw that out there from the beginning. <laughs> but I like Dippin' Dots, and I think Dippin' Dots would go really mm-hmm. well in Tomorrowland. So Boo. throw some Dippin' Dots in there for Dippin me. Dots. You know, it's like the ice cream of the long. future. It's been the ice cream of the future for three decades now. And <laughs> it's not going to yeah. stop trying to make Dippin' Dots happen. It's not going to happen. <laughs> but, you know, get a little Dippin' Dot cart there. I would buy it. Well, it's always got to be the ice cream of the future, or it would just be ice cream. That's true. <laughs> That's true. Until we're buying Dippin' Dots by the gallon at yeah. Walmart's. <laughs> okay, I forgot about the wear part. I guess mine could be kind of all over, because you're always going to need this. But I think you should have iced coffee stands mm-hmm. with, like, four or five different flavors of coffee. You know, you got your hazelnut iced coffee and your caramel iced coffee. Um, and almost in like those big plastic containers that you see like fresh lemonade in, you know, they could put them in those and then like pour it over ice. And then also for food offerings, they could do like mini donuts, like on like when they put onion rings on on a big pole, you know, on a big stick Mm -hmm. and serve them, they could do that with mini donuts. And you could do like cinnamon mini donuts and powdered mini donuts and chocolate mini donuts. Mm. Derek, you are our resident white girl. Yeah. (laughs) You're so right. (laughs) You're so right. Give me an iced coffee, a donut, some ugly Jeremy, but you're like our resident white older lady. That's <laughs> <laughs> true. It's true. I just want a Victorian Christmas, like, you know, Downton Abbey. <laughs> <laughs> Except you didn't reference Downton. I was waiting on it. No, but now that you brought it up, yeah. that would be amazing. But I'm just saying, like, if you want good iced coffee, you have to go all the way to the, wherever the Starbucks is in that park, where I think you can have iced coffee stands all around. And it'd be a nice little refresher in the middle of the day. Totally. I wonder if Starbucks would be having that. Maybe. Probably not. Well, they got the Jeffrey, Starbucks. Joffrey's, Joffrey's coffee stuff all over the place still. Yeah, that's what I was imagining. Okay. Or just make them Starbucks stands. You could do that, too. That only sell the iced coffee. My, refresh- <laughs> my <laughs> refreshment cart will be found in China at uh, Epcot. And it will be called... And dim sum. Uh, uh, <laughs> I just pick it. I don't. I don't know what it's named, but that's a good name. Uh, good. It will be. It will be a dim sum cart, and it will only uh, appear during the uh, traditional dim sum time, which is I, I think like lunch to late afternoon, like tea time would be in uh, British circles. This would be that in in China. And it would serve traditional dim sum fare, like dumplings and uh, shumai and everyone's favorite uh, chicken feet. Mm. I think that was, 
I think that'd be a good little addition. You know, steamed buns, steamed pork buns, and things like that. I would go over there and tear it down. I would like to amend my answer and say I want to include a cart in China as well that serves good, cheap crab rangoon. Oh yeah, that would be good. That would be that would be, be dim sum. Okay. Level. Yeah. Little, you know, dim sum is little small plates, like little like tapas, but Chinese mm-hmm. version. I used to go to the really cheap Chinese restaurant near our college and order like. 24 crab rangoon and just eat them for like three days. It it, so did good. it actually have crab in it or just cream cheese? I'm sure it was just cream cheese and like ah. imitation crab, but a little duck sauce on that, you don't care. It's good stuff. Oh, Jeremy, that reminds yeah. me. Speaking of China, they have the <laughs> <laughs> they have the bubble milk tea. I don't know if it's always been on the menu, but it's on the menu at the uh, the Joy of Tea booth the bubble milk tea and it's the same kind they had for food and wine festival with the peach flavor oh wow okay oh and it was delicious Mm. i I got it as soon as i saw it i got it It it's like six dollars but it was so worth it yeah i love that bubble tea oolong Mm -hmm. right yep Mm. number six if you could ask for excuse me i need to learn how to read um (laughs) number six If someone asked for advice on the best makeout spot in Walt Disney World, where would you direct them? I should not go first on this question. <laughs> I do not know. Listen, my first thought, and I just stuck with it because it's the first thing I thought of, was the people mover. As mm. long, obviously, as you're on your own car. Because <laughs> it splits out with what? Like two cars, maybe four cars? In one little line, but several yeah, yeah. times I we have been on our own before, um, so you would need to be on your own, but then do it during wishes. So like I, I think they pump the music through the whole park. So well, no, they you still might be able to hear the people mover spiel. Listen, if you're making out at Walt Disney making World, you don't romantic. care about romance. This isn't about <laughs> That's yeah. true. Okay, That's cool. Well, then when you go through those long dark tunnels, ain't nobody gonna see you in there. Except the cameras with night vision, but hey, well, they probably seen the time. They've seen a lot worse, I bet. Yeah, I was thinking romantic at first, and like, wait, this is just like people making out. This isn't romance. So, um, Matt, you should know you were at Night of Joy. It can't. All oh, right, let's not diminish the power of a kiss, guys. Okay, I mean, like, there can be romance there. I mean, you can also and, just be getting your jollies, but there can be romance, so and, let's not diminish This is like park car, roll down the window kind of stuff, you know? <laughs> um, I, my answer is pretty simple. It's the walkway between Storybook Circus and Tomorrowland. Ah, uh, yeah. I mean, nobody's ever back there except <laughs> the occasional smoker and the person that's letting their dog poop in the little <laughs> designated dog pooping area back there. The service dog pooping area. <laughs> But oh, it's a, the romance it's, is it's a very It's a very secluded place. If you don't know where it is, uh, when you go through Storybook Circus, go past Dumbo, past Barnstormer, past the bathrooms where the railroad is, and turn right. And you'll think you're not supposed to be there, but just keep walking. Or if you're in Tomorrowland, all the way over where the arcade used to be, the gift shop that is at the exit to Space Mountain, just go right next to it between that and the Speedway. And just keep walking under the Tomorrowland Transit Authority. And again, you'll feel like you're not supposed to be there, but it is just a little shortcut walkway to Storybook Circus. It's true. And have at it. Just go at it. 
Yeah, my answer is really like everywhere is a good makeout spot if you're in love. And so, oh boy, but um, don't be one of those people. (laughs) My answer originally was on the TTA as well, especially going through Space Mountain. Like it's super dark and very cozy through there, and you get like a good like two minutes in the dark. Mm -hmm. So to conclude, Tomorrowland is a great makeout spot. (laughs) It's the most adult thing (laughs) land in the Magic Kingdom. The future, but my second answer was. Um, the descent on Spaceship Earth as you go down, like people can see uh-uh. you. So if you're not into like people watching you do PT- PDA, then um, it's probably not the best spot for you. But you know, you're like you're leaned back a little bit. You've just had this beautiful story of like uh-uh. the history of human commun- communication. Yeah, human and communication so- gets me fired up. I tell you what, <laughs> but you just have to have a good line. You know, like you just look over and like, baby. 30,000 years of communication and all I want to do is talk to those lips and you just like uh, uh, lean in. No. So. Listen, that whole video is about the future so you say, I don't need to see my future because all it is is you. In your eyes. Oh. Mm, yeah. yeah. There, you, there go. you go. Yes. How so. have I never made out of Disney World? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, that's a good spot. On that note, <laughs> I, think I'll, <laughs> I think I'll move us on to number seven, which says, if you could create live entertainment for any pavilion in World Showcase, which the live entertainment in World Showcase changes all the time nowadays. It's like they're trying to find that right thing that just gels. So we're going to do it instead, and we're going to create live entertainment. What would it look like, Matt? Mine will be called Wartime World Showcase. And... <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking about World War II specifically, because all the, the main players are representative, represented. America, United Kingdom, and France as the allies, obviously. Japan, Germany, and Italy there as the Axis powers. So at random times throughout the day, maybe two or three show times per day, all of those nations enter into the wartime. So maybe in, <laughs> in America, you could have like uh, the fireside chat suddenly come on the uh, the speakers and and people gathering around radios and and uh-huh. you know Rosie out working on a working on a boat or something. And then maybe at certain times when you're in a restaurant, the waiter comes by and says, "I'm sorry, sir, you can't order that because we're being rationed right now." Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you can have water. Okay, so in United Kingdom, you might have sirens go off and everybody. <laughs> Runs to take cover because it's a it's a, a bombing uh, out, and maybe you could even have a, a airplane zoom over. Um, wow. In France, in France, I'm not quite sure. Maybe the one of the beaches people could land on like amphibious vehicles and <laughs> storm up the beach of uh, Normandy. There, this in is France. terrifying. Yeah. Uh, well, just imagine now that we've moved to the Axis powers oh, no. in Germany. <laughs> As the trumpet flares, and from every window, a red flag with swastika unfurls. And oh, instead of the cuckoo clock people, a little Adolf Hitler animatronic comes out and gives a speech to the square. And, oh, uh, of course, at the, at the end of the hour, uh, you know, it's uh, VE Day and VJ Day all come in one one and, what, and in Italy, what about those giant ovens in Via Napoli? Are those going to be involved or no? Oh, oh yes. that's yeah, awful. They will be. Yeah. That's everything, terrible. everything, nothing's off limits here. We want to, we want to en- entrench people in the horrors of World War II, and then bring them out 
to victory. Because nothing says Disney magic. Like. Right. Right. Yeah, yeah, when yeah. I think live entertainment, mm. I, I think being tortured and scared half to death with World War II. Guys, we've had some it, terrible ideas on this show, and that is all, by far the worst. It all ends well. Not yeah, for, sure. Not for the German cast members. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> at, the, at the end of the German cast members, they all have to file in line and go we'll look at all their atrocities. Mm. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Moving on quickly. Um, <laughs> my answer is going to take place in the Italy Pavilion. And I would like to have some monks come out. And they're going to sing Gregorian chant uh, throughout the day. So I think that would be fun. If you're into that. Fun's a, not the word I would choose. But it, <laughs> it would it would be appropriate. And I'm picturing like they're wearing like the hoods that like go over their faces where they're kind of like bowed you know what i mean and like mm-hmm. the hands like like clasp but you can't see it because the hood is so big yeah i've seen harry potter i know what dementors look like yeah kind of like that you know <laughs> and they just come out and they're like <laughs> if they sound that good i'm definitely gonna be there <laughs> clearly i will be the leader and um <laughs> we will be awesome uh, okay, so my idea is, if you look up the word pantomime on, like, Wikipedia, for instance, you see that this was, like, a big tradition in UK back in the day, and maybe still now, too, where they would act out fantasy stories, like fairy tales, but do it in, like, an over-the-top way, kind of like slapstick, you know, where sometimes men played the women and sometimes women played the men. Um, they kind of do this in Disneyland at the Fantasy Fair Theater. Like, they act out Frozen, but they do it with just crazy costumes. And the audience, you know, they there's par- participation where you talk back and you yell things. I think that would be really fun to do in a little theater by the UK Pavilion. So you're thinking, like, the World Showcase players, but, like, taking up a notch. Yeah, like doing, yeah, I guess it is kind of like, because they actually did do stories, didn't they? Like, what was the one I was in? They did King Arthur. That's right. And they would do Romeo and Juliet, I think. Yeah, that's true. I really like the World Showcase players. I miss them. Yeah, but give them their own stage and have, like, set times throughout the day that you can go see them. And they would do, they could do stuff like that, but they could also do, like, Disney fairy tales, like Cinderella and Sleeping Beauty and stuff like that. Are we ready for number eight? Yeah. If you could transform your living room into a scene from a Walt Disney World attraction, or simply theme it to an attraction, which is a completely different question, what, what would you do? Jeremy! Um, this was difficult for me because there's so many different ideas that I have for a home that I think would be wonderful. Like I think about, I would love uh, my dining room to be themed to Mad Tea Party. I think that'd be so much fun. I'd love my backyard to be themed to Enchantiki Room, particularly the outside uh, fountain area. But if I had to pick for my living room, um, I think I want it themed to uh, that scene in Spaceship Earth where they're watching the moon landing. Aww. So a 60s. Yeah, 1960s. Yeah, but I want those creepy audio animatronics to be there as well. (laughs) Just like... (laughs) All right. For when I'm lonely. Hey, Jill, oh. do you want some more popcorn? <laughs> and we just watch Walter Cronkite all night long. Wow. That sounds the same, amazing. That same, like, two-minute clip over and over again. Yeah, yeah. You're like That'd a crazy nice. cat person. <laughs> <laughs> Kinda, yeah, except more they're crazy. T- more tea, Bob. 
no, no more tea. <laughs> You're quiet tonight. Uh-uh. This is so creepy. It's like Twilight Zone. Have you all seen The Following? No. Any episodes of The Following? Oh, there no. was two crazy guys on there that, after they killed the person, would tie them up and pretend like they're living and have dinner with them. Oh. All yeah, right. Never mind, I changed my answer. Yeah. <laughs> um, so mine necessarily isn't a is not necessarily like an, a direct scene from the attraction, but I would I think a it's a small world living room might be kind of cool. If you guys follow Dining and Disney on Twitter, she actually has a big decal on one of her living room walls. That's the Mary Blair art of It's a Small World of the facade that looks so cool. So I would want that like on one wall and then all around like not the dolls because that's kind of creepy, but like little Mary Blair style Eiffel Towers and icons and landmarks from all around the world. And you know, like, when you're in a boat, you go under archways that kind of transition into the next room. Like, there's a big Japanese one that looks like a sort of temple. Like, that would be around my TV. Like, that would be the TV stand kind of all the way around it. You had me at Mary Blair. Like, I she's know. Just wonderful. I'm telling you. Yeah, that would be nice. Well, my living room is themed to Pirates of the Caribbean. And Who saw that coming? <laughs> uh, I'm glad you put on here to simply seem it to an attraction. Uh, because it would be like a Spanish-Caribbean-themed, let's say colonial-Spanish-themed living room. You know, we're not talking about animatronics and like ships and cannons hanging off the wall. We're just talking about that that architecture, that feel, the, the Spanish tile on coming off of some of the, I don't know, Maybe an overhang over the couch to have some that Spanish uh, tile. What do you call that? The t- um, good grief. What's the word I'm looking for? It's like pots, like plants. Oh, starts with a T. Um, yeah, terracotta. Terracotta. Terracotta tiles. Yeah, very good. Maybe some of the shutters on the windows. You know, in place of your typical chandelier chandelier with the little flame candle lights in them uh maybe a few little decorative whimsical touches like a big old rum barrel prop like hanging out of one of the 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 walls you know yeah okay yours is pretty practical then like i don't really want my living room to look like it's a small world oh no i would love it i would live up in that yeah yours sounds pretty cool now, look, I have a complaint about Pirates of the Caribbean because I was going to say I want my living room to smell like that, you know, mildew and soiled air conditioning. <sighs> that, I, I didn't notice this the first time I wrote it recently after the renovation, but Jessica and I wrote it last Monday. And the whole place smelled like a lobby at a resort. Oh, no. Gone was the mildew smell, except in the waiting area. It was still there. Once you got down in the ride, and I have to think it was purposeful, like they're pumping. It was something fruity, coconutty. You know, you could tell they're trying to do like a Caribbean fruity style smell, but it was really off-putting. Well, that sounds really right up your alley, too. I know, but I want to smell mildew pirates, not, (laughs) you know, the coconut fruit. There's another Christmas wish list from Disney. Don't make pirates smell good. Stop it. <laughs> what the crap pirates happened? Stink. Yeah. Uh, number nine. If you could add a minimum age requirement to any part of Walt Disney World, where would it be? Derek. Everywhere. 
I hate kids. <laughs> no, for real. I think you could add a minimum age to Ohana at dinner time because they have the breakfast with the characters. I think Stitch and Lilo are there. Um, but for dinner, I hate those dumb dance trains they do yes. where they say all the kids line up and I. <laughs> Them. And they do it around the table. In fact, I'm just now remembering when we ate there and the kids were lined up and they stopped right by our table. Yes. And three of them are just watching us eat and Matt is just staring them down like, <laughs> I dare you to look in my eyes or yeah. touch I have that table. framed over my mantle. <laughs> nice. I love it that much. <laughs> That's a great picture. But I just feel like, I feel like if the, if the kids were there, then they wouldn't do those trains. And they might even have more grown-up entertainment. Um, like, just a really soothing, relaxing... They already have the drag show. I know, but not her. Like, just like a three-person band, maybe, with the yeah. same t- no, sort of it. ukulele yeah. feel. Kind of like they had at Trader Sam's in Disneyland when we went there. They just had one guy on a guitar and I think one on a ukulele. And they were just singing duets all night. Just that chill relaxing mm-hmm. i'm sitting by the fire feel yep i think it would just make an excellent restaurant that much better yes i agree 100%. love kids though love kids mm. mine um my age limit is 14 okay actually let's just move that on up to 18 <laughs> i'm going i'm gonna pin that in right now 18 years old you gotta be adult world showcase not all the time Maybe a few nights a week. Maybe Friday. Maybe Saturday. I don't know. Maybe just the weekends. And all, you know, after park closing. So like maybe nine to eleven hmm. on select nights. It's you know, World Showcase is strollable for adults only. I think that would make for an interesting. They might put out maybe it's hard ticketed. Maybe they put out some extra food and drinks for those those events. But okay. uh, that might that would be worth it to not have strollers and children running everywhere in that part of the park. They don't like it anyway, so, you know. And I will say, one of my favorite moments ever, and I've talked about this before, was when we did World Showcase during Extra Magic Hours. Oh, yes. And there were no kids around. I'm not saying it's related. I'm not. But there were no Mm -hmm. kids around. It was so peaceful. And just such a wonderful stroll around that area. My answer is... uh, goes off of that and i have said this for years like i'm not even kidding years i have thought this was a great idea that there should be a week pick up one of the off weeks february march whatever and which every day of that week one of the parks just one you have to be 21 or over to get in anyone under 21 is not permitted so let's just say on monday it's animal kingdom tuesday it's epcot down the line and that way you don't have to deal with strollers. You don't have to deal with children. You don't have to do. It's just adults only at Epcot that day or Animal Kingdom that day. The rest of the parks will be open to all the other uh, Rugrats, but that park would be only adults. I think it would be. Well, actually, I the more I think about it, I think it would be ridiculously overcrowded because everybody mm. would go to that park because yeah. there would be no children. That's but cool. I think it would be such a unique experience. Oh, my word. Our answers got more and more exclusive <laughs> the farther <laughs> along we went. Now look, all of Walt Disney World. <laughs> I'm a dad now. I'm a dad now, and so I'm kind of getting into that phase where I'm really hateful to people who seem to be annoyed by children at the park. Mm-hmm. Like, like I want to look at them and say, "Were you not ever a child for real?" Because you know, if my baby cries or makes a noise or something in a restaurant or a ride, people are like, "Look, that that child's making noise." <laughs> so, uh, 
you know, death to that. No, I get it. I've been with kids too, and it really does open your eyes in a completely different way. Yeah, children are oh. great, but we can still have special areas without children, and they still can. Yeah, I know. I agree. Yeah. Maybe not a whole park. <laughs> <laughs> that That's a little extreme. For an entire day of the week, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. We want to go to Epcot today. I'm I'm sorry, guys, but it's completely closed to people of your kind. <laughs> I don't think they would word it like that, but you know, your kind, yes. Anyway, that brings us to our final question, which is a special, festive Christmas question for all of us, and it says, if you could wrap up anything at Walt Disney World and give it as a gift to the other two of us, your fellow Mad Chatters, what? Would you give each of them? All right, Matt, let's hear it. Jeremy was easy. <laughs> <laughs> that was his nickname in high school. Yeah. I know it's coming. So you've been told. <laughs> Jeremy was easy. Uh, Jeremy, to you, I'm going to give Jose from the, the the Enchanted Tiki Room. You know, you like you like plushes. You like collectibles. <laughs> you like those kinds of things. And so I'm going to give you him because I can see him just sitting on your desk, you know, and just... Uh, bringing you joy all year and i'm talking about a full working jose that you can turn on and he talks and and all kinds of stuff um or you know you could just go to the local cracker barrel and get that ferret that talks and that <laughs> that would work too well thank you yep derek you were a little bit um harder oh i'm sorry yeah and so all i have put down is you know you're like you're kind of like the woman you buy the gift for like let's just go somewhere and you pick out something i'll buy it for you so we're, <laughs> I we're just gonna go I, I think you should just not word it like that you're like the woman we're just gonna go wherever you want and i'm gonna buy you whatever <laughs> little, little snack item you want whatever cupcake cookie tapas whatever you want somewhere that's your thing so because I thought about the carrot cake cookie. I thought about the, the school bread. I was thinking of all... If you freaking wrapped up a carrot cake cookie and got this to me for Christmas, when you gave him an actual piece of an attraction, I would but call shenanigans. But you care about those kind of things. The things you love are the little frou-frou snack items. So I'll and... wrap up a churro milkshake and give it to you. No, that is lame and a cop-out. And just Aww, saying you are... So in the heart. You're continuing the stereotype by being angry about his generosity. I'm just saying. That's true. Yeah, if I were true. the real woman, I would say, you can't even, you don't even know me. You brought me a pastry? <laughs> what can I say? You like your snack foods. I uh, do. Uh, That's true. Okay, yeah. a mug. How about a mug from Starbucks? Something oh, like that. Oh, yeah. thank you. Merry Christmas. That is so sweet. I'm, you have to understand that was thoughtful because I said on the thought, what we love about the parks. And that's, that's true. If you got me a tiki bird, I would definitely want to return it. That's for sure. Yeah. Well, I have uh, splurged a little bit this year. Mm. And I've gotten you both the same thing. And that is, I have gotten you an all-access pass to all of the um, table service restaurants in Walt Disney World. And so all you have to do is show this pass, and it's good for one free meal a day. And you can just make the rounds to eat to your heart's desire because you both are my little foodies and uh, I value your opinions. So I need you all to go and test the waters first before I do. So that's how we introduce ourselves to others is Jeremy's little foodies. <laughs> yeah, th You're getting shirts soon. Just yeah. so you know. Awesome. Does that come as part of the gift? 
Yeah, but you know, like how like Jared before he was like a sex pervert had like that all you could eat subway pass. Like, wouldn't that be a great thing to have at Walt Disney World? Yeah. Yes. Like yeah. you just walk into Victoria. <laughs> you just walk into Victoria and Alberts and be like. Here you go. Oh, you know that would be excluded if they made something like that. (laughs) Yeah, you're right. All restaurants, but... Okay, you just walk into Beaches and Cream or whatever it is. I'd take that, yeah. Now, technically, you were supposed to wrap up something at Walt Disney World and give it to us. Okay, I'm wrapping up Victoria and Albert's for you. (laughs) Okay. eat at every day of the year. Nice. You need a lot of wrapping paper. Entire restaurant. (laughs) Okay, for Jeremy... I will be wrapping up the square in Hollywood Studios where Rue McClanahan put her her hands and her (laughs) signature. Well, I don't know if it's her signature per se, but. Oh, my gosh. That. Oh, that's wonderful. (laughs) I'm removing it from the concrete. He would be doing inappropriate things with Rue McClanahan's hands. (laughs) I don't even want to know, but. Whatever you do in your own house with that square after I give it to you, it's totally fine. Gosh, I would cherish it. What did you just say? I would cherish it. (laughs) I was like, excuse me? (laughs) And for Matt, I will wrap up. This is a little bit harder to wrap, but it's a a package deal because I'm going to wrap up the swing from Polynesian Resort where... You oh. sat with Jessica shortly before or after, I don't remember the story, proposing to her. Before. And I'll throw in with it two torches nearby from <gasps> okay. uh, from the beach. Because I figure you could put that in your backyard, sit on the swing, have some nice tiki torches nearby. Yeah, and then you can go to Narcusis with my little pass. See? Right. It's perfect. And Jeremy, you can bring your bird <laughs> if you want. <laughs> yeah. as, a, as company. Now, Matt, just for... Um, clarification because the listeners want to know did you all make out on this bench by any chance maybe a bit maybe a bit okay so is that a good make out spot at walt disney world it is and uh it can be a little more populated than others but uh you know you you just keep right on going you just (laughs) or maybe you can watch then that's fine right there you go yeah i'm kind of a free spirit i say go for it just push on through well, cool. Well, that wraps up another Mad Q Party and another episode of the Mad Chatters podcast, our penultimate episode in 2015. Uh, thanks so much for listening. I think I speak on behalf of all of us, and if I'm wrong, you can you can correct me. But we wish you all a Merry Christmas, and uh, we will see you right back here next week. Take a little time to enjoy the magic in every day. Bye-bye now. <laughs>